This is Down the TV Rabbit Hole with Jim Sion and Harry Bartosiak. My name is Jim Sion. I'm in New Orleans. He's Harry Bartosiak. And where exactly? What a thrill to be broadcasting from my palatial bedroom estate here in the sleepy, leafy suburb of Arlington Heights, Illinois, future home of the Chicago Bears, but current home of the Down the TV Rabbit Hole podcast. And that's what's most important. All music on Down the TV Rabbit Hole is used with the permission of the estate of Frank J. Asunto. I'm talking about the intro and outro music by the Dukes of Dixieland. And, of course, all our episodes are available on Jim and Harry TV on Facebook. Now, you weren't feeling so good last week. How are you feeling now? I just am, uh, I am exploding with energy because exploding. I was able to do nothing but do like the old days. This is how I became a TV fan, when I would feel sick and... My mother, bless her heart, would let me stay home from school. What did I do? Right. I watched TV all day. You know, maybe some ramen noodles and crackers and some tea. But other than that, you know, it was Sanford and Son and Benny Hill and the daytime shows and the Flintstones and whatever. No, yeah. Benny Hill was never on during the daytime. Late and that was late night. No, the, okay. that <laughs> I would watch that full complement of daytime shows, possibly right. even like a part of a soap opera or something. If I was really not feeling good, didn't want to get up and turn the black and white TV knob. Uh, but usually then late night, you would watch the news and then there would be All in the Family, Sanford right. and Son, um, maybe like... Uh, I can't remember, there might have been one other show, and then Benny Hill would come on super late, sort of the end of the programming day. Uh, well, and I, re I remember staying home from school and being so excited because you could watch TV all day, and then at the end of the day, you'd be like, well, other than Match Game, there yeah. really isn't anything good on TV during the day. So then you're like, okay, I think I'll go to school tomorrow. You know uh, what, though? Since, since you were sick, I actually prepared something special for you that I knew would make you happy. Are you ready? Oh, of course, yes. That's what I'm here for. How, yeah. how about an episode of Dead or Alive? What do you say, buddy? Oh, uh, Dead or Alives. <laughs> He's dead, yes, I think. We'll, we'll, okay. I'll put that in the correct. Francis Bavier. I believe she's dead, but I'll check. All well, right, here we go. Okay, we've got, we covered it all except for Abe Lagoda. So <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've got some really good ones. Are you ready? Right. Yes, sir. I just, I just saw an episode of Law and Order from like the 90s. Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder is dead. 2018. She died yes. at 69. Very good. Too, it's too bad. She had a rough go at the end. Yeah, she did. Uh, David Ogden Stiers, who played Major Winchester on MASH. He, okay. Uh, <laughs> Charles Winchester is... Right. Um, he's alive. 2018. He was 75. He died. Oh, my. That's terrible. And you okay. know what else I found out? He was actually a conductor of the Newport Symphony Orchestra. So he really did like classical music, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, That is very cool. Yeah, I, I think I knew that. But anyway, that, I didn't too know bad. that. Yeah. Max Bayer Jr. from the Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. He's still alive, and he's still trying to build the Beverly Hills, uh, Beverly Hillbillies Casino in Reno, Nevada. Is he? Because I knew he was doing that about ten years ago, but I haven't heard anything else. He's well, he's eighty three. You're right. He's eighty three. Yeah, there, there's a website that's I think still under construction, but it kind of shows what it would look like. But maybe they gave up on it. But I'm I'm not giving up hope. I, I, well, I, you know, I give the guy credit. He's got brass balls because he was on the show, but he has no. He doesn't own the rights. He wasn't the creator. He wasn't the producer. He's not uh -huh. the guy who owns the syndication company. But yet somehow, because he was Jethro, he wants to build an entire casino about the Beverly Hillbillies. Well, the best thing that uh, he owns the rights to is the patent to the uh, rope belt. 
So instead of actual <laughs> leather, you just put a piece of rope around. It's a little known fact that you can't just do that. You have to, you know, that that's a patented product by Max. Right. Bayer you need Jr. you need the okay from Max Bayer if you're <laughs> yeah. gonna wear the rope. Even if it's like a Halloween costume, you've got to go through the channels and get get yeah. the okay from him. Yeah. All right. Along the same lines, uh, Ellie Mae, Donna Douglas, dead or alive? I believe I heard that she did pass away in 2018. 2015, she was 82. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, here's one. Richard Chamberlain, Dr. Kildare, Father DeBricassar, dead or alive? Yeah, he was in a lot of, um, uh, what do they call them? Remember the TV shows? Miniseries, right? Yep. Now, yeah, now they just do those as regular limited run series on Netflix, but he was in like Shogun and a bunch of other ones. Uh, the Thornbirds, yeah. Yeah, Thornbirds, that's it. Okay, so I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to say this is a great game because you got a half a half of a chance, right? So let's say right. he's alive. He's alive. He's he like is. 100. He's eight, 87, 87, 87 years old. Yes. All right, how about in the final one? How about Jackie Mason? Jackie Mason just died because I saw a tweet with a picture of him standing by Gilbert Gottfried. Am I correct? You're exactly right. He just died two days ago. And, of course, whenever I think of Jackie Mason, I think of that cartoon that I love so much where John Biner does the voice, where he does Dean Martin and Jackie Mason. It was the ant in the aardvark with Tommy Tedesco playing the guitar. Oh, yeah, but hold on. Wasn't it Dean Martin and Joey Bishop? No, D- Dean Martin and Jackie Mason. Those are the two voices. Uh, right. Here's a clip for you, folks. I surely do love to spend my little old vacation at the beach. Yes, sir. This is what I call scenery. Uh-oh, here comes trouble. It's that nasty old anteater. I detect the odor of an ant. And I think he's on my trail. The beach is the last place to find an ant. But my nose is long, and it's never wrong. See what I mean? I'm right. And I'm gone. Good one. Good game. All right. All right. Now, I have a great show today. It doesn't have Uh, a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of meat on the bone, but I didn't realize this is really, and it's right up your alley. This is the best show of all time, I think, when it comes to uh, B-list celebrity guest stars. And I can't believe we haven't talked about this show before. And I just happened to see like a little clip. I think it was like 2 in the morning on a Sunday on one of the channels, you know, whatever it was. And I said, my God, we've never talked about this show. And uh, it was on from, let's see, 1969 to 1974. Uh, They did 108 episodes. It was a one-hour show, and it had one of the greatest theme songs of all time. Wait a minute. Can you ABC. ABC. Can you guess? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, before we talk about your show... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I want to intertwine a little uh, nugget about my show, which will be upcoming here. Um, Okay, let's see if you can guess it. You know how you know when I researched my show. Uh huh. No, when you no, you you guess. I'm going to give you a clue. I researched my my show on a Star Spangled Night, and do you know when I thought of what show I was going to do? When did you think of it? By the dawn's early light. Because, and do you know how I knew it was the right show to do? How did you know it was the right show to do? Because I saw fireworks. Because I said, there's no way we can go another week without doing Love American style. It happened! It happened! We picked the same goddamn show! I knew it would happen! (laughs) 
Well, just like what, just like when George Foreman knocked out Michael Moore and Jim Lampley said, "It happened. It happened." I can't believe it. It happened. We picked the same goddamn show. We did, and it just goes to show you that damaged minds think alike. And finally, My, you know, proven correct. I used to. I would joke about. Remember, every time we started this podcast, the first fifteen times, I'm like. Oh, I think we picked the same show. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. And then I'm like, wait a minute. There are 10,000 TV shows. We're never going to pick the same show. No. And we freaking did. Oh, my God. This is going to be great then. It's oh, gonna be my good. God. Tell you what, why don't you be our ringmaster and uh, well, uh-huh. weave and bob, you know, in and out and dart in and out and step on your lines and things like that. Uh, but why don't you take us down the garden path here? Oh. Love American right. style. Yes, a great song, it was a great show. It was mainly on Friday nights. It was a one-hour show, but it was basically, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it was basically three, like, sketches, three 15-minute sketches or 20-minute sketches where it'd be like, uh, uh, and I wrote down some of the titles, Love in a Couple of Couples, Love in the Hustler, Love in the Pill, which kind of shows you the era that we were in, you know, late 60s, early 70s. Right. It was always love and something. Yeah. It was always yes. you know, love in the tuba, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Exactly. I wrote yeah. that one down, too. <laughs> well, first of all, it was always, yeah. you're right, there were always these, There, were, it was 108 episodes, collection of short stories, or you could say vignettes, about love and specifically a lot about sex or sexual innuendo, right? Uh, they, yeah. They, you're right. It was 60 minutes season one but then did you know they switched it to 30 minutes season two and then back again after 15 episodes of season two they went back to 60 minutes see i didn't know that i know that when they syndicated it they chopped it up and made it a 30 minute show um but no i i I always thought it was an hour when it was on first run on abc so there you go right we're doing the same show you're correcting me already very good varying lengths though like you just talked about uh season one episode one which i'm guessing you and i both watched on youtube uh a couple of couples was the first one on there i didn't even recognize any of the actors but that one if you watch that was like that was over like a half hour in and of itself and then the next one had the hustler with Flip Wilson and Rochester and uh, a couple other guys. That was only like 15 minutes or something. And then there was another one with Jane Wyatt. That same. So they would they would not all they were not all created equal equal length. Ah, see, yeah. I didn't know that either. Jesus God, it's good you're doing this because I always <laughs> thought they were all like you know 18 minutes and then another 18 minutes. And and, and from what I could gather, you know, they'd have older couples, they'd have younger couples. Yes. It wasn't. I mean, th- there was a lot of uh, sexual innuendo, especially if the people were younger. But they'd also have, you know, pe- like Jane Wyatt, you know, people in their sixties and seventies, yeah. and it would have to do with with love and maybe sex, whatever. But well, she uh, was talk- they could run the gambit. She was trying to slip her own daughter a Mickey, basically trying to give her a birth control pill. This is a nineteen sixty nine episode with Jane Wyatt, uh, <laughs> so it was kind of weird. Frankly, when I watched the episode. I- the whole thing it was kind yeah. of bad, depressed. But that's not the yeah. point. The point is not to go back and watch these shows. It's it's to reminisce how great they were when we saw them the first. Well, time. and the thing is, it, that's one of those shows that doesn't age that well because you no. know we were in the sexual revolution, or the country was, and you know, like I say, love in the pill, um, <laughs> love in a couple of couples. You know, yeah. now the couple of couples one was that the one with Joanne Flug? Uh, no, it had Yvonne Craig who played Batgirl. 
Uh, and then there Ooh. was another woman uh, that I didn't recognize at all, and I didn't recognize the male actors. Remember, this is 1969, so this is before we got into the sweet spot of available B-list actors who were just desperate for work. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you because I wrote down a lot of guest stars here, and there's a lot of good B-list no, no, celebrities no. on this. No, 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 you're not going to disagree. I'm talking about 1969, but we're talking about 69 through 74. I've got I've got a list to beat all this. We're just going to go. We're going to have a punch out at the end here of the list the people on the show it'd be very hard to say who was not on the show but the key is yeah so we'll get well, into they had, that do but, you know yeah. they had over a thousand guest stars did you know that i didn't know it was a thousand but i could not possibly even read the entire list of guest stars i yeah. don't have that much time in a week let alone a day but i noticed that a bunch of them were on multiple shows most of these guest stars yes. the ones that i was interested in had two episodes some three four even five <laughs> Yep. Yes, exactly. That I wrote down the na the number of episodes next to the people. So, so we're thinking along the same lines, for God's sake. For season four and five, it's true that the show was on Friday night. It wasn't always on Friday night, but it was on the ABC Friday primetime lineup. Now, you talk about, you know, everything seems better in the past than it is today, but I'm sorry. This right. has to be one of the best Friday night lineups ever uh, for 70, 71 through 73 Yes, love American style, but also the Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, yep. Room 222, and The Odd Couple. Come on. I wrote them all down. Yes, exact, that's exactly what I wrote down. What a lineup, huh? That's pretty good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Very good stuff. I mean, the best. That's awesome. That's that's. Give me a better it, lineup. Give me a better uh, But, you know, it, it, it's funny because all the shows that you mentioned were never really top 30 hits. And the reason is not because they weren't good shows, but because it was Friday night. And Friday night, you know, is the lowest watched television night historically. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of strange that they would put all those good shows on a Friday night. Well, it pays to be a homebody. Although you didn't really <laughs> miss out because these are all still, except Room 222. When's the last time you saw that on? Otherwise, you can watch this stuff. You know, we've watched it our whole life because it's been, they've all been in syndication. Well, if you want to, if you want to watch Room Two Twenty Two, just go to my buddy John Coon's house because he's the biggest Karen Valentine fan in the world. I guarantee you, he's got them all on VHS. He does, and he has the photos hanging in his dark room. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. To, to to John, a little heart, Karen <laughs> Valentine. You know, because because she's Valentine, so she puts the heart over the eye or oh, something. Yeah. You know, that's lovely. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> hey, so. she was she was a cute she was a cutie in her day, right, Karen Valentine? She was, yes. And wasn't she? I used to get her confused with Sally Field. She was like a Sally Field impersonator. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right, Karen Valentine, dead or alive? She's alive. Are you sure? No, she just looks so healthy and young. I, I think she probably has a long run. <laughs> right. Yeah, watch. Backstage, you, bourbon, cigarettes, cocaine. You know? Yeah, she's all American girl. I bet she's still with us, but, but you'll tell us. All right. I'll, yep, I'll put that in the corrections. Uh -huh. All right, so should we, Um, let's see. I just want to look at my, my research. I really didn't do that much research other than the guest stars because as soon as I looked at the guest right. stars, I started to think about you, and I'm like, oh, my God. So so what should we do All right, well, I mean, why, should we just... why don't I take the wheel, because okay. I've got okay. some in-depth research on some other points, and then we'll get to the guest stars, and then we'll have our Great. You know, tag team knockout round on that. So um, they did have, uh, a, in it, first of all, there was one very common prop 
despite the, all these different shows, 108 episodes times three, it's like in my world, you know, I don't know math too well, but that's, we're getting yeah. close, 350, three, 400, 324. Okay. 324. There you go. Okay. So 324. On many of these episodes, not all of them, they featured one common prop. Do you know what that was? I should know, but I'm I'm forgetting. You right. do know what was a it? big brass bed, huge brass bed. Oh that, yeah, that okay. Was prominently yeah. featured, and they even show like a picture of it sometimes in promotional materials or whatever. But the big brass bed was shown a lot. Um, the, in addition to all the guest stars, they did have a regular cast uh, called the Black. I don't know if they were called this, but it was basically these what could they call blackouts that would come at the beginning and interspersed between episodes, like 10, 20 second shorts. Sometimes they were silent with music. Sometimes they were talking and they were, they were written. Uh, I mean, they were, um, they were like Benny Hill episodes with sexual. Right. Or, or, or like, or like, or like laughing. Yeah. Those little blackout La- things they do on laughing. That's exactly yeah. right. Like laughing. And, um, Many of them uh, were written by Gary Marshall and his writing partner, Jerry Belson, or a bunch of them, and they would get credited. They used, like, Japanese names to get credited for that, just to amuse themselves, I guess. So, oh, that's yeah. good. But anyway, the, um, the, some of the actors who were on there, uh, well, a couple of them are interesting to me anyway, three of them. Stuart Margolin was in almost all of them, it seemed like. You know, he's the guy who played Angel on the Rockford Files. Hey, Jimmy, come on, Jimmy, you got to give me a break. You know? Yes. Yeah. He's now 80 years old. Did you know that? 80 years old. No, I, I see, that would have been a good dead or alive because yeah. I definitely would have said dead. Yeah, and didn't Stuart Margolin seem like a guy, I don't know what it was, but he seemed like an East Coaster to me, just the, the look that he had and the way he talked. But he's actually from Davenport, Iowa. So there you go. Really? Yeah, from America's heartland. Um, Phyllis Davis was super hot looking woman in there. And um, she uh, was in a lot of these uh, episode uh, shorts or blackout shorts. She later became the female uh, co-star to Robert Urich on totally underrated show Vegas. Remember that? Yeah, that was a good show. Yeah. And I remember her in the credits. She was very attractive. Yeah. She might have to get up there, you know, nudging up the. Joanne Flew got you know, a little bit here on the list of uh, you know, well, super Well, I don't know. Joanne Flew. All right, all right. Joanne well, maybe I'm in her own taking category. it too far. Uh, James Hampton was in a bunch of them, who you remember as Corporal Dobbs, the bugler from F Troop. Oh, God. Yeah. I never watched F Troop too much, so, I, so I'll take your word on that one. Okay. But anyway, the, they had these little burlesque-style blackout vignettes that perfectly said, just like laughing kind of a thing, and so they'd intersperse them. Now, um... The theme song, uh, very interesting. You know, by the dawn's early light, my love, dun, 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 dun. You know, everybody yep. knows that. A must for every heavy metal fan. Or if you just love classic television shows, this is for you. It's Ronnie James Dio singing your all-time favorite TV theme. From Black Sabbath to Rainbow to Dio to this. One of the other things, and I don't mean to hog this segment here, but you said that we're no, you you actually did better yeah. research than me. I'm actually I'm feeling kind of bad because my research wasn't as good. No, 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 don't. We're going to get into it here. We got the guest star list, uh, battle royale, getting ready to start here momentarily. All right. Okay, but so Love American <laughs> Style launched a couple of pilots or spinoffs. Yep. 
Right. Okay. Well, and you know, and, fr- and from what I found out, they were actually trying to do that with a lot of the little, oh. you know, the, uh, with the sketches. That, that, <coughs> that was a plan. They said, oh, let's spin a lot of these off. And they only managed to do two, which I think is kind of crazy. That's a bad but, yeah, ratio. But one of them hit, hit yeah. big and then launched a bunch of spin-offs itself. And, of course, yes. I'm talking uh, about um, Love in the Television Set from 1972. Uh, starring uh, Richie Cunningham and his family. Anson Williams, Ron Howard, and Marion Ross, I think were uh, all that uh, I remember. I didn't see that episode, but I believe that they were all in it. And again, that was the start of Happy Days. It basically was a Happy Days. And I don't think... I don't think Tom Bosley was in that uh, was in that episode on Love American Style. I think they cast him after that, but maybe I'm well, wrong. Well, he wasn't that I know of. But ironically, the other one, the other spinoff that came was from 1972 also, an episode called Love and the Old-Fashioned Father. And it spawned uh, a animated sitcom called Wait Till Your Father Gets Home, which was on NBC from 1972 to 1974, featuring the fo- voice of one Tom Bosley. So how about that? Wow. Yeah. Also featured on that show, voice act, the voice of uh, 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 Jack Burns. Jack yeah. Burns. Jack Burns. <laughs> Jackie yeah. Earl okay. Haley from Bad News Bears fame. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that show was written by... Hannah Barbera. I guess the Love and the Old Fashioned Father episode was by, by Hannah Barbera. The two guys, what is it, Jack, Hannah, and Herbert Barbera? I don't know what the hell their first name was, but, you know, they got the classic animators, and it was based on... Yeah, but 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 weren't, weren't most of the Hannah Barbera cartoons kind of B-list when you compared them with, like, you know, Warner Brothers? Yeah. What were the Hannah Barbera cartoons? I guess there was, like... Uh... Well, like, I think there was, like, Quick Draw McGraw, yeah. wasn't that Hannah Barbera? And, and like you forget <laughs> it. Yeah. Boing, El Cabong. Yeah. Um... Now, that El Cabong was kind of but funny. That... El Cabong was kind of Huckleberry funny. Huckleberry Hound? Or... Stick him up, stagecoach. Cabong! Holy! Stick him up, banker. Cabong! Watch it, will you, Quick Straw? Gosh, I'm sorry, Baba Louie. I was overcome by a kabongin frenzy. They, and and I think Top Cat was that a yes, Hanna Barbera? Yes, Top Cat, right. Uh, and that was Top Cat was just a complete ripoff of the Phil Silver show. Did you know that? That's right. And did they use Phil Silver's voice, or was it John Biner doing an impersonation? It might have been Biner. <laughs> All right, so more more for the corrections, for God's sake. But yeah, they even admit it. They're like, oh yeah, Top Cat was Phil Silver. Yeah. <laughs> It just like just like Flintstones was honeymooners. Now was Yogi Bear Hanna Barbera? Because you got to give them top yep. list credit for that one, man. Okay, yeah, that one I guess is pretty good. Okay, but Yogi Bear is a ripoff of something else too, isn't it? Uh, Flintstones. I, no, I don't know. I'll put that in the corrections. But I think I think all the Hanna Barberas were basically ripoffs. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but uh, so Flintstones was a ripoff of Honeymooners. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah, no question and about that? that. And did you know that? Did you know that Jackie Gleason? They went to Gleason and they said, "You know what? Uh, this is a total ripoff of the Honeymooners." And he said, "Yeah, I know." And they said, "Okay, we got everything in the line. Let's sue." And Gleason said, "Nah, I don't want to take Fred Flintstone off the air. I don't want to sue." Yeah. They said, "But you've got and they, like the lawyers had an ironclad case. They're like, "No, you don't. It won't even go to court. They're gonna settle." Blah blah blah. He says, "Ah, nah, don't do it." So, which I think is pretty cool. Right, and a smart move. You don't want to be the guy who sues Fred Flintstone. 
I mean, have all the kids right. hate you. Yep. Even if they're not gonna like Jack, you know, watch Jackie Gleason or Honeymoon, they might watch later in life, and their parents get pissed off. Little Jimmy is crying because Fred Flintstone's not on the air anymore, and all of a sudden, how sweet it was! And instead, your ass is getting sued. And you know, he lived a few more years uh, and did a few more shows, but he would have been persona oh, yeah. no, in a he, lot of households if you sue Fred Flintstone. No, he he worked for another twenty years after that because Flintstone yeah. was on, was on in the mid '60s, and he was still doing the Jackie Gleason show. Which was which was the greatest cash grab in the world because, you know, he had moved to Miami at that point and they built him that theater, the Jackie Gleason Theater, which I think is still there. And he did his variety show. And, uh, you know, like Dean Martin, he would show up and kind of do his thing and he'd do a couple of sketches and the rest of the time he was on the golf course. And I always thought it was so funny when you watch those clips from uh, the 60s and 70s because he came back and did specials. But Jackie Gleason has the darkest tan I've ever yeah, seen in yeah, my life yeah. other I than George that. Hamilton. <laughs> so, you, you know, six days a week he was out on the golf course, you yeah. know, smoking cigarettes and drinking whatever he drank, you know. Oh, my God. He lived a life. you got to give him credit. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, that's that's the guy I, I would like to emulate in show business, Jackie Gleason, because he did everything. And, hell, I think he made it to 76, even smoking four packs of cigarettes a day. That ain't a bad run. Some people would shave off for 10 years to live like that if you could, and it's probably what he did. He could have made it a little bit farther. Yep. But, yeah. So um, before we get into the character actors, a couple of notable episodes um, where I will talk about a couple actors. These are not B-list. All right. So there was Love in the Tuba, written by Gary Marshall and uh, Jerry Belson about a couple that gets stuck in a tuba. And I, I had seen... An interview with Gary Marshall where he, Carl Reiner would always rib him that he was the king of writing the the, the get stuck um, comedy uh, show for a sitcom. Like when they didn't have a big budget, say, just write something about somebody getting stuck in an elevator because then you only have to pay two actors or get stuck. Right, and you only need one set. You need one set. So that's pretty yeah. smart. And then Reiner himself wrote that, you know, Laura Petrie gets her toe stuck in the faucet in the bathtub, right? So that's yep. a classic one. But So Gary Marshall wrote one called Love in the Tuba where he uh, envisioned a man and a woman getting stuck in a tuba, and uh, presumably a sousaphone. Uh, so I hadn't seen it, but I think that uh, that was kind of funny, and I thought you'd appreciate that one. Well, that's – but, you know, in all honesty, we both play tuba. We both played sousaphone in the high school marching yeah. band. How in the world – could you get Good stuck? I, I don't really he made see a, that. They made yeah. a special tuba for it that was large enough to get stuck. Oh. And still, they had to get on the floor and get in there, and so or in the brass bed, maybe. Uh, and, you know, you couldn't get stuck just standing up. So they made it work, Jim. Come on, you know, just use your imagination. This is Hollywood. They, he worked with it. Yeah. Well, it, it was Gary Marshall, so I'm assuming it was humorous. And so, they okay, used two right. little people. I think uh, Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon weren't, weren't all that large, so they... they Oh, I thought you were going to say it was Billy Barty and... That thing, that tuba, that tuba. Yeah, Billy Barty and her babe has played gay homosexual lovers that somehow got stuck in a tuba. Now, that's a script. That's a script. Well, I saw one uh, not that long ago with Burt... Well, actually, it was a while ago, a couple years ago. But was a, I didn't realize yeah. this was one of the, from season one. Burt Reynolds and Elizabeth Ashley in Love and the Band book. And this was when Burt Reynolds still had some real hair. And uh, it was good stuff. It was a, actually a good episode. I really liked it. And I kind of realized that Elizabeth Ashley is also on my list of super hot 
uh, 60s and 70s uh, actresses. So uh, yeah, she she kind of hit the wall though. She did right after uh, what did she? Well, she yeah, Bert, she she hit Bert, the wall pretty I think hard. Bert became good friends with her and brought her on to. I don't know this for sure. I can't remember because we did this show a long time ago. But she was on Evening Shade with Bert Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and Bert, uh, it, it, just to go back to your show, didn't he cast? Didn't he just yes. say, oh, "I'm going to hire yes. all my friends." Yeah. <laughs> The more I think about Which is it, the, pretty cool, the, the you more know? <laughs> bigger fan I am of Burt Reynolds. I mean, that's the way to do it. I mean, he just ran roughshod for as many years as he could until it all kind of caved in. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> but you know, he, he came back. He came back with Boogie Nights, and then he did a bunch of yeah. pretty good movies after that. You know, okay. I mean, uh, who had the better life, Jackie Gleason or Burt Reynolds? Well, I'm going to say Burt Reynolds only because I think he probably uh, had more girlfriends. Right, although. At least, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go with Burt Reynolds. Although, remember, he had that TMJ for a while, and he lost all that weight, and he was in a lot of pain. Well, that, so I don't sure. know. And, but didn't Gleason also have a toupee? I, I think he wore a hairpiece. I think he started wearing one in the late 60s. Right. I don't know that for a fact. I'll put that in the right. corrections. Oh, and they were in the movie together, of course. Cannonball Run, right. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Okay. No, not Cannonball oh, Run. Smokey, Smokey and the Bandit, you dumbass. <laughs> Same thing. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> although, 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 if Gleason wasn't in Cannonball Run, he was probably the only guy in Hollywood that wasn't in Cannonball Run, for God's sake. I think he got aced out by Jamie Farr, but uh, that was a source. <laughs> Who wasn't? Ca- yeah. <laughs> Jamie Farr. <laughs> And you know that's another one where Bert just had, hey let Jim neighbors come on in you come know, on, uh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> sure you can sit in the back of the truck here in the front you know. um, okay so um, another one I never saw this one Harrison yeah. Ford was in Love and the Former Marriage and then Kurt Russell was in at least one episode yep. too so so before we get to our guest star go around. I just have a couple more notes here. My God, you did good research. You have so much. I, I literally have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight lines on a notebook, and then the rest of it is just guest stars. So congratulations to you for doing so much good work. Well, thanks. Um, first of all, the show got pretty good ratings, but not the best. And we talked about the fact that it was on Friday night, so that explains some of it. Yeah. Um, but it was just made for syndication because, like you said, it was perfect for what they call snipping. Uh, they had three episodes. They could take it. It doesn't matter whether it was an hour show originally. They could snip it and make it a half-hour show, which they did. And they showed it in daytime. I remember growing up, yes. talking about being sick from school. That's when I saw a lot of Love American Style because it was shown during the daytime. Maybe on Channel 32, WFLD in Chicago, which is the station that you have to have the rabbit ears with the tinfoil. And, all that. But, <laughs> well, and uh, that's, but, when you, that's when you had the Kachunka Kachunka TV, because every time yeah. you'd want to change your channel, Kachunka Kachunka, Kachunka Kachunka Kachunka. Yeah, and there were times when I didn't want to watch Love American Style, but I was too sick or too lazy to get up and turn the Kachunka Kachunka TV. And then I'd start watching a little bit. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Wait a minute, what, what did you have? Did you have polio or something? You were too lazy to get <laughs> I you was were that uh, sick? Oh my god! All right, so the show the show was canceled in 1974. Went into syndication, like we just talked about, forever. Uh, although you don't see it that much anymore, but daytime syndication. Uh, then they tried a new Love American style. You knew there was going to be a reboot, right? I'm sorry, but I have to report that there was. Yeah, uh, you know, I saw that and just ignored it. But uh, but keep going. Well, the interesting thing about it, I vaguely remember it. It was done specifically for daytime TV, and it got whooped 
by Price is Right, and so it didn't last long, well, 1985. Pri- there's, there's no shame in that. Price is Right has been, been whipping, whipping the competition. I know, because we used to do a newscast opposite Price is Right, and yeah. we used to always get killed. Yeah, and justifiably so. I mean, uh, not for your newscast, but for uh, no, no, no. American I, style. Trust That's, me, when I was in the Weather Center, I was down there preparing the weather, and I was watching Price is Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... They tried a pilot for a new one, you know, because they just can't give it up. 1999 with Melissa Joan Hart, but it never made the airwaves, thank God. I noticed that there's a list of people who directed different episodes, and that most of them I don't know who the hell they are. But there's a couple that struck me right off the bat. The first episode that I watched on YouTube, it, the very first episode of, um, the very first sketch, A Couple of Couples, was directed by Jerry Paris. Well, of course, and I was going to guess that because he and Gary Marshall... You know, yes. teamed up for Happy Days, and Jerry Paris directed almost all the early Happy Days. So, yes, he was the best sitcom director of the time. And, of course, he was an actor before that on Dick Van Dyke's show, where he played Jerry, the neighbor, and Gary yep. Marshall was a writer on the Dick Van Dyke show. And I, I think he I think he directed some of the Van Dykes, too, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think probably, that's where he cut his teeth. Yeah, Dead or alive, Jerry Paris. He's dead. He died way too young. I want to say he died like in the in the 90s or something. Was he a smoker? I don't know. I'll put that in the corrections, but I just know that he died way too young. Okay. Um, the other, in this long list of directors, because like you said, there's 340 some episodes or whatever. I mean, it's, it's just a huge Hollywood list of directors and a bunch of guys did it multiple times. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, it's like, which one of these things doesn't belong? Valerie Harper directed one episode. Now, no she, kidding. Yeah, she was on one episode, so I wonder if that was the one. I could, I didn't have enough information to connect the two. But well, uh, you know, she was she had such an ego. She's the one that left that show, Valerie's family, and then oh, yeah. it became the Hogan family. Yeah, she, she like held out for more money. So I can see her yeah. saying, "I'll do it, but only if I can direct." Have you ever directed before? No, this will be my debut. You know, so I can I can see her pulling something like that. All right, so this has been a lot of fun, and now I think that what we ought to do is we ought to yeah. get into the real meat of the show, and that is, I mean, what I did, I'm going to let you you lead the, lead the troops on this one, but I made a All list right. of the names that stuck out to me that just are oh. just representative of the flavor of Love American Style and just, you know, just unbelievable. These people are like Hall of Fame collection of B-listers that would be on a show like this, or and that's the uh, that's exactly the reason I picked it. And as soon as I saw the list, I said, "Oh my God, Harry's going to be like uh, Harry's going to be Harry is going to be um, shitting in tall clover," which means <laughs> <laughs> that that's a phrase that my buddy Jerome Ritchie, his father, used to use. And I said, "You know what?" I talked to them last week. I said, I'm borrowing that phrase for the rest of my life. He's shitting in tall clover. I love that. <laughs> I love that, too. Now, what do you want to do? You want to go a tit for tat? You say one, I say one, and you just kind of, you know, fire down yeah. the line? Yeah, well, okay. I, th- I think we probably got the list from the same website, so I guarantee you we're probably going to go in order here. But I'll st- I'll kick it off All with right. Joanne, Joanne Worley. Okay, so I love that you kicked it off with Joanne Worley because um, I have her on my list, too, but I... I couple her together with somebody. And uh, you know how I coupled together Norm Crosby and, by the way, on this list, Jack Carter? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I always couple together the, the male and female versions of each other, Joanne Worley and Charles Nelson Riley. What do you think? Very good, yeah. It's basically the same act. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so there we've covered three already. So you go again. Okay. Dick Gautier. Dick Gautier. And the lovely and talented Joanne Flug. All right, Henry Gibson, who was on Laughing with Joe and Worley. Loved him. Frank Sutton, Sergeant Carter. Go! I have, yeah, I have him. And he was in multiple episodes, too. It wasn't just one. Yeah. He did like five or six, I think. Yeah. All right, Rich Rich Little. Rich Little, yes. Um, this one I bet you didn't think I'd say. Nanette Fabre. I just say that because it's fun to say. Yeah, I always thought she was talentless. And so did Dean Martin. Dean Martin didn't like her. She was kind of like, uh, talk about Jane White, she was like an old, older school actress, kind of like an Anita Bryant or somebody like that. I'm never quite sure what she did. I thought maybe right, she, exactly. she was Shelley Fabre's mom. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway. Uh, that, no, that would make sense. And I know I think she did a couple of match games, but that's something else for the corrections. Yeah. Who in the hell is Nanette Fabre? I'll put that in the corrections. <laughs> oh, no, you're making me sick again. <clears throat> okay. All right. All right, keep going. Who do you got next? Phyllis Diller, of course. Yep, I had her down. Jack Burns, who we All mentioned right. earlier. Jack Burns and going right along those lines. Your man, Jerry Van Dyke, five episodes. Yes, yes, I'd love to see those. Okay. Uh, God, you know, wouldn't it be great if you played the banjo on Love in the Banjo? Oh, I'd <laughs> love to see that one. <laughs> All right, Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby, of course. I think he was in like five episodes, too. Here's one for yep. you. Tell me who this actress played most famously. Sandra Gould. Not Howard Oh, my Gould. God. No. Sandra Gould. I know this. Damn it. And, of course, I'm, I'm panicking myself. Sandra Gould. What about oh, America's God. favorite neighbor ladies? That's what I was going to say. The neighbor on Bewitched? Mrs. Gladys Kravitz. That's right. Yes. yes. One of the See? two Gladys Kravitzes. Right. The, the first, first one, one died. died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, was yeah. the second one. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, I knew. I did know that. I did know that. I swear to God. I was going to guess that. Um, all right. George Lindsay was in four oh, yeah. episodes. Goober. Yeah. Okay. Here's another coupling for you. These guys were on separate <laughs> episodes. John yeah. Davidson and Peter Marshall. Who? What's the, the common connection there? Well, uh, they both uh, hosted Hollywood Squares, right? That's right. right. There you go. You got it. Yeah. Joe Besser from the Three Stooges. I saw that. Oh, my God. How in the hell? Hey, Larry. Yeah. How in the hell could you cast? (laughs) I mean, I don't. We got to find that one. We got to find out what the hell he did. Joe Besser. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Just a couple. I'll just check out. Jack Cassidy. Yeah. Of course, the great yeah. Jack Cassidy before he uh, lit himself on fire by falling asleep <laughs> with a cigarette. That trick never works. Okay. <laughs> All right, I can't believe you haven't mentioned this one. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm going to steal your thunder right here. R- Richard Slattery was in four. <laughs> I was in four. Now we're going to ha- have some dinner after we get gas. And, of course, he was the guy in the Murf 76 commercials, which I think may have only run in Chicago, but I don't know. Hey, Maybe they ran on the West Coast, too. For gas. Okay. Yeah. No, they, no, no. Did you know that that Murph 76 is an actual gas station located adjacent to Dodger Stadium? Chavez what? Ravine. No, I did know. I did know there was a seventy-six there because seventy-six is a sponsor of a That's lot of the Dodger, uh, Dodger stuff. That's the gas station they filmed on location. No kidding. So if I ever go to a Dodger game, that's where I'm. That's the first stop that I'm going to make. 
<laughs> you know, that would be great. It'd be like be like game seven of the World Series, you know, so, and there, there's Harry in the parking lot. Hey, is Murph around? How about Nick? Yeah. <laughs> what about the guy before he was on Chips? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, what was his name? We should know his name. John... Oh crap! Come yeah, da, 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 da. on, That's not Eric name. Estrada, but the other guy, uh, Larry Wilcox. God damn it, Larry Wilcox. Very good. Yeah, he was in the Murph uh, Murph commercials for a year or two. You're right. God, that's good memory. Now there's a place besides Murphs to get quality '76 gasoline. '76 self-serve marks, but they've got more here than gasoline. Let it be, Murph. Ah, loaf of bread, a jug of milk, and thou besides be, Rosie. Sweet talker. Well, Murph, are you going to say those words I'm longing to hear? I sure am, Rosie. Charge it. Go with the spirit. At self-serve marts. The spirit of 76. Good. All right. I could go on forever, but I got a few more. I'll just go to some Oh, I got way ones. more. Oh, you got way more? Okay, okay. okay. All right, all right. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> who's next? Richard Deacon. Three episodes. Oh, yes. I saw that. 19... In- Later, like 72, 73. Uh, Bert Convy. Okay. From of course, Tattle from Tattletales. Tales. Yeah. Yep. Paul, Paul Lind did three, and I bet they were pretty funny. I bet. Red Buttons, I'm sure those were not funny. <laughs> never got a dinner. I never got a dinner. God, that was lame. <laughs> you know, there's a great book written by, and he just passed away a couple of years ago, Vinnie Falcone. It's called... Um, me and Sinatra, Sinatra and me, but he talks about the fact he was Sinatra's piano player and conductor for a lot of years in the 80s, but he also worked with guys like Jerry Lewis. I actually saw him with Jerry Lewis on stage, uh, and like a dummy, I didn't go up to him afterwards. I should have, um, but uh, he talks about working with, with Red, and he would be the one that he would direct. He's, Vinny, I never got a dinner, because Vinny was you know standing up there on the rostrum or whatever they call it. Yeah. And, uh, and so he actually, uh, uh, Vinny actually had a couple of lines in the Red thing. And, of course, Vinny's a great guy. Uh, he, talks, he doesn't say anything bad about anybody. But uh, I'm sure that Vinny was probably like, gee, you know, I think I've heard this 100,000 times already, but I'll do my <laughs> yeah. part, you know. And... <laughs> All right, let's see. How about uh, Avery Schreiber? He was in three. Uh, very good. And Jack Burns, we already talked about, the former partners. Yep. Um, Regis Philbin. I didn't, I didn't yes. know that. He was in one, at least. Um, two. Oh, two. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Al Molinero. Or, no, I always say that word wrong. Uh, uh, or his yeah. last name wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah was it Molinero yeah, or yeah, Ma- yeah. Molinari? I can't remember. Molinero. But everyone. Okay, that's who he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And All he right, was in I, I, two I'm, episodes, precisely. Okay. Actually, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go. I have so many guest stars here. I'm going to do. I'm going to read some, and after I do, I want you to do your spot-on impersonation. All okay. Right. All right. You ready? Sure. He was in two episodes, <laughs> and I'm laughing already. Jim Backus. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, I thought you were going to do his commercial work. Bartender, Canfields for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Jonathan Harris from Lost in Space. Get away from me, you shriveling baboon. <laughs> Pat Buttram was in three episodes. Now, Mr. Douglas, this brass bed is... Oh, I can't... That's not a good Buttram, let me see. This uh, anyway, uh, that's bad. The mood is wrong. Mood is wrong. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going through here. Well, oh God, Charlie Callis. 
my God. You know, he, that, that's got to be the punchline for mediocre entertainers. I mean, uh, sometimes I'll use Carrot Top. I used to use Jerry Lewis, but I think I'm going to say, oh, you're really funny. Why don't you go on the road with Charlie Callis? <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, let's see. All right. Some of the other ones. Here, I'll uh, give you one okay. uh, with an impression, and you can guess who it is. All right. Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. Adam West. Yeah, Very good. Right. Uh, Jesse White. He was the guy I was talking about. The guy who was the first Maytag repairman. Oh, that's right. Jesse White. Got it. Okay. Here's another impression. If I could turn back time. That's right. Cher was on yes. at least one. Okay. That Yeah, she was on one. That's crazy. Um, uh, the Great Norman Fell was in two of them. Mm-hmm. Davy Jones from the Monkees was in two of them. Davy Jones, yes. Uh, and you know who was in a bunch of them? Here's an actor you don't recognize the name a lot, but you know who he is. Robert Morse. Look him oh, up. Oh, God, I know. You'll not recognize his face. He's a classic Love American style actor. Uh, all right, here's some more. Abe Vigoda. Uh, Robert Ito. Do you remember who that is? Robert Ito. Wasn't he the judge in the OJ trial? No, that's a different Ito, but you're you're close. Robert Ito was Sam on Quincy. Oh, that's right. Okay, you got yeah. that. Yeah, he was murdered, and I'm gonna prove it, Sam. Caesar Romero, Tiny Tim, uh, and of course Billy Barty was in Love American Style. He might have been in the tuba one. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Classic. And Harrison Ford. Did we mention Harrison Ford? He yes, was. Yes, we one. did because we put him okay. in a special category. Right, right. Okay, I think that's it. I think that's it as far as my guest stars. But again, just you can go to the website, and there were there were literally a thousand different actors or a thousand different episodes, uh, or, or or guest stars. So, yeah, a lot of good names here. A lot of good names. And I'm looking at the at the list right now. You've done so many of your great impressions. I'm trying to pick one for you to end the show with i i still i just i love your jim backus that's right on yeah you your jim backus is as good as your lionel stander those are your two best but let's see well i'll let you pick who would you like to do who would you like to to impersonate to end this podcast well why don't we go with uh uh let's go with a disgruntled lionel stander who was not listed amongst the cast list. Well, wait, no, then you can't do Lionel Stander. You got to do someone who we mentioned. You, we, we got a whole bunch. How about, how cousin, about your joke? Cousin Ollie Co- from uh, Mayberry. <laughs> fine, Andy, fine. Let's sleep in the same bed. That'll be fine. <laughs> he wasn't in Love American Style. So, uh, you could do your Joanne Worley. Oh. That's your Charles Nelson Riley. How about uh, how about doing your Jack Carter? <laughs> it was a word. That's perfect. Here we go. Ready? Okay. Yeah. I'd say thanks for listening to this show, but it's the worst show I ever been on. The worst people in the world. The cheapest, no talent sons of bitches. Cyan and Bartosi. Terrible. I'm gonna write a book someday about all the horrible, cheap things they did to me, and they discriminated against me because I'm a Jewish person. Terrible. Never listen to this podcast again. And Love American Style was only good in one episode I was on. And this is Jim back with the corrections. Yes, Karen Valentine is still alive. Yes, she's 73 years old. No, she doesn't look so good anymore. Don't Google her. Very disappointing. Top Cat. 
was voiced by Arnold Stang. It was on one season, I believe, in 1961. Then it went to Saturday morning reruns. But Arnold Stang was a good character actor. He worked with Gleason, did a lot of voice work. And we should have known this one. Think about this. Yogi Bear was actually a, a huge ripoff of the Ed Norton character, Art Carney. Think about it. Exact same vocal pattern. Jackie Gleason, speaking of Art Carney, only made it to 71 years old, so I was wrong about that, but uh, still a good run for Gleason. Jerry Paris, though, died in 1986. He was only 60 years old. He had a brain tumor. And Annette Fabray, first of all, uh, Shelley Fabray is her niece, not her daughter, her niece. But I really made a mistake. Annette Fabray actually had a great resume. She started in vaudeville as a child, and she did it all. Vaudeville, stage, radio, TV, film, and she has an, an incredible resume. And Dean Martin didn't dislike her. I was confusing Annette Fabray with Sheila McRae because Gordon McRae was one of Dean's friends. He would do the show, and he would say, boy, Gordon is one of the best singers around, but why in the hell is he married to that talentless broad? So that was Sheila McRae, not Annette Fabray. All right, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you enjoyed Harry's impressions, because I sure as hell did. We'll see you next time. So long now.